Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. Great good morning, everyone. It is a beautiful Friday, February 23rd, 2024. This is the Bob Cordaro Show. I am he. Broadcasting today from what is still the United States of America, it doesn't matter how insane the Democrat Party has become. And it's the place where the brave, like John Miller, Sawyersville, Joseph Yankalunas, Dushore, Paul Preetz, Taylor, and Jeff Lepre, Scranton, have kept us and made us free. The United States of America, founded with a certain knowledge and understanding by our incredible founding fathers, that government will never be, shall never be, must never be, our parent, our guide, our salvation, our direction, not any of these things, but is nothing more than the necessary evil we require to organize and protect society. The United States of America, the country where for the first time in human history, freedom was declared to be an unalienable right granted by God to each individual, not to groups, to each individual. And that freedom is not to be parceled out or controlled by government or government officials. Our great American Constitution ensures and codifies freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of association, economic freedom, and freedom of the press, whether they use it to lie or not. Now, because they were armed with these freedoms, uniquely in history and uniquely on the planet, a ragtag bunch of immigrants, rejects, and their progeny created the richest, most powerful, most culturally diverse and accepting nation ever to grace Earth. America, the only place specifically invented and designed so that every American can live their life in the manner they choose, unlimited by their background, upbringing, race, color, or creed, unhindered by the government or those who would use government to control others for their own comfort, benefit, or power. This Bob Cadaro show will always be 
and we promise this, convincingly conservative, lovingly logical, proudly and passionately patriotic, and reliably right. And with that preamble, we gavel to order this meeting of the Club for Common Sense, promising you that we will endeavor to provide for each of you a sanctuary of sanity in a world where no less than the President of the United States is lying to you about everything. (laughs) As sad as it is. And you you just need sanctuary from that kind of insanity. (laughs) He's, He's a border hawk. Well, he doesn't have the power to close the border. Please give me the power. Oh, I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) By executive order. My gosh. Absolutely incredible and disgraceful. But uh, so last last night, you knew uh, I paid tribute, and it was for the second time, and happily so, to Charlie... Majikus. His son had sent me his information, his son Charlie. He has four sons. And so they said they were going to be down at Pat Patty's. Well, I, you know, you just don't know your schedule and fluid and whatever. Because yesterday afternoon, I went down to the garage with that gang. And so we were in the garage. I, I didn't bring cigars specifically, but um we're in the garage hanging around with those guys. Great guys. Just it's it's beyond enjoyable. Um, a little uh, marinara with shrimp sauce. Mm. Some incredible cheese. Obviously some homemade wine. Oh, fabulous. So then my old friend, and actually I was best friends with his father, Jim Jimmy Red Mecca. Now these were they had red hair. And so the father was red Mecca. They were Italian, but they had red hair. The father was red Mecca, uh, my my dear, dear friend. And I was good friends with Jimmy Red Mecca. So I went to his wake. I don't get to go to as many as I need to these days. But um, I went to that and then, and then went down to Pat Patty's. So... Uh, the Majikus gang was there, and uh, Buddy Majikus was there. His his wife, I got to sit with them, have a couple of beers, talk to them. It, it was just fabulous. They had the, f- uh, what, uh, four generations of the Majikus family, and Pat Patty's is their hangout. And uh, Buddy and uh, Betty are in, the, they live in Ashley, but they're, um, Hangout is in North End of Wilkesbury, which I I'll tell you what, I don't know if I've ever been in North End of Wilkesbury. And not only do you have Pat Patties, I'm driving by and I see the Slovak Club. And then I think it, it's the North End Tavern. And I'm going, <laughs> I want I want to do a pub crawl here. <laughs> I just but I didn't have time. I wanted to see the Majikus gang. And so uh, I had to drive past the Slovak Club. Boy, it was calling me to come in. It really was. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm going back to I'm going back to the North End. But now, now many years ago, 
uh, I became friendly with Pat Patty, the owner of that uh, establishment. And I mean, over the years, it was all houses around a, a little bar. And over the years, he's, he bought some for parking lots, some houses, and so forth. And it is, what a neat bar that is. What a gr- what great food. I didn't eat, but I was watching it. And I'm like, wow, this is a good stop, Pat Patty's. And I've, I've, I've actually picked out my bar stool for the next time. But I run into my friend Brian Dunn and Pat Patty's son. Just as soon as I came in and I go, is Pat around? Now, I didn't know he lived upstairs. So I visit with the Majikas uh, gang for an hour or so, maybe longer. It didn't matter. It was just great. And so on the way out, I said, geez, please tell to, to Brian Dunn. I said, see if Pat is available. And they said, well, he's upstairs. So I, we went upstairs and hung around Pat Patty for a while, which, I mean, story after story, he could be uh, he could be the historian for Luzerne County, actually, and beyond. I mean, uh, there's a word called regale, and he was regaling us with stories. It was just so it was a fabulous, fabulous night. And I didn't get home too late either, around 10. Cutie was, she was fine. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. It was a, just a great day yesterday. And today, promising more of the same. Um, yeah, Joseph from Trish Parker says, where's the garage? Sounds great. I'd like to visit. <laughs> I did, the garage is at an undisclosed location. <laughs> but this, yeah, so I had the garage. Sadly, although I loved seeing the, the you know, the Mecca family, uh, but sadly the wake. And then uh, Pat Patty's with the Majikus gang and then with Pat Patty himself. And my friend Brian Dunn, you know, again, isn't it great when you have, I was thinking about how, I was actually sort of praying on the way home. I'm going, how lucky, how fortunate, lucky, I'm never, I've never been lucky, fortunate to have these groups of friends all over the place. And sadly, part of having friendships and close relationships is you've got to, you know, they pass away. You lose them. Jimmy Red was only 76. And I say only, and I mean it. And it was a young 76. You couldn't tell the difference between uh, in him when he was in his 40s versus when he was in his 70s. You really couldn't. So it was sort of an untimely passing. But uh, and then And then to be able to go down to Wilkes-Barre and see new friends the Majikus gang, and run into old friends at Pat Patty's and go see Pat Patty, I I just said, uh, could I be, I could not be more grateful. I could not be more grateful. Hmm. Navy guy says, you know, Bob, when I hang out with the guys, we drink beer and bourbon, eat pizza and wings. What's with the wine and cheese? Well, it was Italian cheese, Navy guy. It wasn't, sh- believe me, we're in a garage, and it's an actual garage. It's not she at all. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, I'll put the homemade wine up against uh, bourbon in terms of uh, the kick <laughs> any day. But no, it's an Italian deal. My my buddy Bobby does this stuff, and it's uh, fabulous. And of course, we had Joe brought uh, I don't know about five loaves of Italian bread, and uh, the, I'm not a super sod fan, but I had a piece, and it was actually for super sod. It was extraordinary. It was smoked. It was good. But you're eating all that stuff. No, it, it was not. It was very manly Navy guy. <laughs> Somebody said, Bob, congratulations on your son on his promotion to sergeant in Wilkes-Barre PD. Very proud of that. We're going to be celebrating that this afternoon. Um, so this weekend, tomorrow is my birthday. Now, when you get, I'll be 63. And when you get a certain age, you really don't care about the birthday much anymore. In fact, I'd rather give gifts than get them. And, uh, well, when, before the feds bankrupted me, (laughs) well, if I wanted something, I got it. Now I just don't want things. So it's easy. But we're, uh, Cutie and I are going to babysit the uh, grandchildren Saturday night. Two of the three are going to do an overnighter with us. And uh, and then have a little party at the house on Sunday for family. That's all. That's plenty. That's enough. You know, it's, it, not to say it's just I'm not. It's just another day, or I'm sorry I'm getting older. None of the silliness. It, it just it, it's it's you know okay. It was great. Now, Buddy Majikus's birthday at age ninety three, Korean War combat veteran. I got to got him to talk a little bit about it, but he's he's uh, he's not gonna he's just not gonna do it to any great extent. But uh, that's a birthday. Ninety three, sixty three is okay. It's 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 nice. So we just keep it at that level, and and because there's, there's always so much more that other people are doing that. Deserves celebration. Well, just being with Pat Patty is like a that was that was that was a a birthday gift in and of itself. You know, really good stuff. Anyway, uh, we'll take a break. Bob Cadaro, W I L K. As always, tons to talk about. Uh, the, the the insanity continues. The Democrat Party. The uh, Casey Cartwright cabal, the Biden administration, their lies continue, and and we've got to listen to them. It's bad. It's sad, too. We'll take a break. We'll be back. It's the Bob Cadaro Show. Yeah, we're back. It's the Crests. They had the number three hit this date, 1959, with 16 candles. And you heard before that, I told the bulldog I I didn't I forgot about it. You know what it is? I do the history like early in the week all at once and then I forget. There's got to be a good Alamo song. If any of you knows it, a good Alamo song, uh, we'll have to play it. But the siege of the Alamo began this date 1836 and ended in the death of everyone who held out against uh, Santa Ana. Uh <laughs> 
I, I'm I'm watching my screen. I again, you, I've I've often told you about my that I'm just completely perplexed by the Democrat voter. Um, not that they're registered Democrats. You know, it was a great political party at one time. It's now been taken over by insanity and a sick, twisted uh, agenda and ideology. And, you know, people don't often don't pay close enough attention, or traditionally we're Democrats, so what? And they vote how they vote. Hopefully they don't vote for this Democrat party. There's going to be a mass release in San Diego because California is a sanctuary state, and they intentionally have an opening at their border. So while Texas is thwarting this invasion, California is welcoming it and offering them free health care among <laughs> any other conceivable benefit you could give. So they're now flooding into California. There's going to be a mass release in San Diego. Well, they're just, again, the left is not happy until they destroy things. Until there's complete destruction. And then you've got to turn to them to alleviate your pain from the destruction. And I think, how could you vote for this? And it's and it's based upon complete dishonesty on top of that. They're not saying, well, we want an open border. It's a good thing. It'll pep up our culture. I, who knows? Because they had enough of a majority during Biden's uh, first two years to really pump up legal immigration. So for many uh, illicit reasons, they want illegal immigration. That's what they want. And when they get caught, people like Matt Cartwright and Bob Casey and and uh, Joe Biden lie about it. Oh, no, we're, we're fighting to keep the border secure. And, you know, we care about the border. And it's really unbelievable. It's like it's they're like little children when they're caught doing something naughty, they lie. And then when you, you their lies are exposed or most people just don't go for it, they then pretend they're doing something about the problem they created. That's that's the Democrat Party in 2024. Student loan bailout. So Biden proposes an unconstitutional. They had projected it was going to cost a trillion dollars. And this, you know, the only people who actually looked at it and weren't advocates of this student loan bailout. Now, I went to school and I had student loans and I paid them. And that doesn't mean make me want other people to not pay that or to uh, I'm not jealous that they're going to get this break. That has nothing to do with it. What about the tens of millions of Americans, most of Northeast Pennsylvania, who didn't take those loans out? 
They didn't have the benefit of going to college. Or they were smart enough to avoid it. One or the other. Or they had skills that didn't require it. What about them? They're going to pay for student loans so Joe Biden gets the youth vote. It's, it's, it's disgusting. And it's illegal. The Supreme Court said it's illegal. But see, they don't care. This is the regressive left. They don't care. So now in a, I think it's about the third tranche, Biden has released, and he's, he's up to what they projected, meaning the Biden administration, about a half a billion dollars or half a trillion dollars in loan forgiveness. He's, he's almost up to that number now. And that's a lie. It's actually going to cost way more. And then it's going to encourage other people to not pay their loans back because they'll figure something's coming down the pike for me, too. This is, this is, and it's going to encourage them to take out more loans than they need. And who benefited? These huge fat cat universities, which are fonts of anti-Americanism, Private education companies, many of which, not all, many of which either give a fake education or don't provide any job skills. So you're either come out of these universities that were subsidized by the student loans. By the way, they were the beneficiaries, not the students. That's who should pay back the loans. Harvard with a $40 billion endowment. Yale very close behind. Have Okay, lefties, you love all this. You pay it back for the students. Oh, and not just for Yale and Harvard students, for all students. Yeah. So... My friends, the Majikas family are paying back student loans now because of Joe Biden. Student loans for people who they didn't even means test it, by the way, too. They're paying them back. Their loans. Somebody else's loans. Isn't that incredible? And we're going to vote. You're going to vote Democrat. Are you really? We'll take a break. Bob Cadaro, W-I-L-K. We will return. Our veterans today, John Miller, Sawyersville. We lost him February 11th. Born in Kearney, New Jersey, but raised in Sawyersville. Graduate of Sawyersville High School. He was a U.S. Army veteran serving his country during the Vietnam War. Started to work at Procter & Gamble in Mahoopany. Then he started out his own environmental safety and consulting business, J. Miller & Sons Environmental. And I know his son, Jeff. John loved the years he coached and served on the board of directors for Sawyersville uh, Sailors mini football team. Great use of his own hands. He built half his home, installed his own pool. Proceeded in death by his former wife, Karen, the mother of his children, a daughter, sons, and four grandchildren. 
John Miller, Joseph Yankalunas, Dushore, eldest of six children, went to Luzerne High School, class of 52, United States Marine Corps and Reserve, serving there for four years, discharged in 1961, entering in 53. He was a trooper, Pennsylvania State Trooper. We love them. He was the state police for over 33 years. Turnpike Division, Troop P, Wyoming, and then in Dushore. After his retirement from state police, became a special deputy. Married to the former Tootie Randall. They had a son, Eric. Joseph Yankalunas. Paul Preetz Taylor, born in Scranton, West Scranton High School graduate, United States Marine Corps serving during the Vietnam War, becoming a sergeant. Remember the VFW North Scranton? He owned Preet's Automotive in Taylor, which he's passed on to his son. He's survived by that son, Jason, as well as a daughter, grandchildren, and seven great-grandchildren. Paul Preetz. Jeff Lepre, Scranton. Four-year battle with chronic kidney disease. Finally took his life January 5th. 83 graduate of Dunmore High School. Licensed practical nurse. He was in the United States Army as a medic. Jeff Lepre. Gerald Miller, Petersburg, section of Scranton. That's where he was born. I'm sorry, where he lived. The wife of 69 years, Joan, survives him. They were married in 1954, the Petersburg Presbyterian Church. Scranton Central High School, Penn State University. President of Durier Lumber. A daughter, a son, and a granddaughter survive him. Gerald Miller, our veterans for today. Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Allie Gallo. Today morning showers then becoming partly sunny, high near 50. Temperatures, though, falling. I heard her say overnight. This paper says during the day. I mean, it's got to get to 50 first, right? Anyway, tonight breezy and cooler with snow flurries, low of 20. Saturday, the 24th, breezy and cold with a chance of morning snow shower, clearing in the afternoon, high of 31. Sunday, sunny, breezy, although uh, Bulldog says he doesn't type these, but it says sunny, breezy, and milder. Now, that may be something else. The Bulldog will have to tell me in the next commercial break. But it's going to be busy and milder on Sunday, high of 43. And that's as far as Allie's going to take it. That's your wetter. And we're back. Uh, So our our friend David DeCosma, he notes these little things in history. Not just around here, uh, but elsewhere. So he sent me a text and I said, David, it's best delivered by you. Than than me and and here he is, David DeCosma. Hi, David. Hey, good morning, Bob. How you doing today? <laughs> Fantastic. Now, you you found this little tidbit of history, and I I'm so happy you're willing to relate it to our listeners. So fill us in. Well, it, it it really it it affects all of us so much. It was on this very day, uh, February twenty third. 
of uh, 1954 when a group of students at a school in Pittsburgh, it was uh, Arsenal Elementary School, became the first group of students to get uh, a mass inoculation of the polio vaccine, which was uh, uh, developed by Dr. Jonas Salk. And of course, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit older than you, and I can remember distinctly as... I love uh, when you say that, by the way, not just you. <laughs> I love when anybody can say, I'm a bit older than you. I love that. Yeah, well, uh, you know, most people today, um, to me, they're kids. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but in any case, uh, when I was, you know, when I was uh, a youngster, and I was 10, 11, 12 years old, uh, you know, you, you feel that you're invincible. Nothing, nothing can affect you. There was one health thing that scared me. And that was seeing pictures of these kids in these iron the lung iron machines. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, you know, it's like for those that don't remember them, they were like a giant washing machine almost. And, and kids who were the, the greatest victims of this horrible disease, polio, which uh, caused paralysis, uh, were, were living in these machines. And I remember I, w- I was scared of it. So when word came out that this doctor had developed a vaccine, um, you'd think that immediately the world would flock to his doorstep. But it didn't really happen all that quickly. He actually came up with the vaccine in 1953. And there was a mess of, uh, obviously, experiments before that, including, uh, as was typical at the time, uh, tests on, on monkeys. Uh, but back in 1952, uh, Salk was able to feel he had come far enough and was confident enough that he was able to do tests on a couple kids, uh, again, in Pittsburgh area institutions. And then he injected himself and his wife and his three sons in their kitchen after he boiled the needles uh, on his stove and uh, announced the success of the final human tests. It was on the radio, as a matter of fact, when he made the announcement in 1953. And it was a now big deal because everybody knew about polio, not, not only because it was so debilitating, not only because it struck the young, but because Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, he'd been the most famous polio victim in the world. Absolutely, and that spawned uh, the March of Dimes, uh, it was also known, as you may recall, as infantile paralysis. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the more and more money came in after they realized that the president uh, was hit with polio, so that, you know, again, as you say, it wasn't just kids. And um, there were, they then started to supply uh, this vaccine to schools around the nation, primarily in first and second graders. And there was also a big debate because another doctor, Dr. Sabin, had come up with his own vaccine. And there was a big difference between the two. Salk used what they called a killed virus, an actual polio virus that was dead. Uh, Sabin used a live polio virus, but in a very, very, very weak state. Uh, And, of course, both of them relied on the theory uh, that once this was in your body at a low dose, or in, in the case of Salk, a, a dead dose, that your body would build up immunities. Uh, but I know until in the 1960s, the oral vaccine, because you could take the Sabin vaccine basically on a sugar cube, 
And that was, you know, that was long in coming. It was not until the 60s when that became really available uh, in the quantity and extent you'd be able to use it. Uh, The salt vaccine was an injection. I remember getting the vaccine. I'm almost positive that I got the injection, and that would be that would be logical because I was. Uh, well, we got them in the I, arms back then. It was a it was a cocktail of uh, of uh, injections, uh, and, and and it would leave. I still have the scar on my my uh, left arm. Well, uh, did you get uh, you those? Think you, you're not thinking about the tuberculosis. Uh, no, vaccine, it was. Right? It was. We got. We we'd be at St. Anthony's grade school. We got about four different ones at once. Okay, in All right. one no, I'm shot. Thinking, I'm thinking of the scar on the left arm, which was uh, common with the uh, the tuberculosis. Uh, I believe it was. Uh, I think that was vaccine. one of them. I think that was one of them. That All right. Well, them in any there. case, I I don't remember what year that I got it, but I know that I got it as part of a mass inoculation. So it almost was certainly in school. But you realize that this this thing that happened, this these injections that began right here in Pennsylvania in uh, in that Arsenal Elementary School hmm. led to the defeat, basically the defeat of that disease, uh, to where it was virtually almost eradicated totally in the United States, although there have been there have been a couple of cases that have come up uh, in recent years. Uh, on the other hand, there were people much like the um, much like the controversy over our recent uh, uh, medical problem with uh, the COVID. Uh, there are people that you know back in the fifties certainly were very reluctant to take this vaccine, and I suspect there are some today. They may still be reluctant, and consequently, the disease does still exist, even in third-world countries where you know, it hasn't been totally eradicated. But that mass injection led to the push to have it done in schools throughout the United States, and consequently, basically, for the most part, defeating the disease. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a, a little... <laughs> a little thing that happened in a small school in Pennsylvania one day back in 1954 just had such ramifications in the long run. And I I think it's important that remember those little things, which is why I, I tend to dwell on some of these little things in history, because in the long run, they've got tremendous impact. And it, and it has. David DeCosmo, always a pleasure. Thanks for checking in and informing us, as you always okay. do. Okay, thanks, Bob. And as always, I hope all your news is good. All right, have a great weekend. You too, bye-bye now. We'll take a break. We'll be back. Well, Paul and Paula had the number one hit with Hey Paula. This date, 1963. So, um, <laughs> my friend Mark and my friend... Um, Bill just texted me, you know, the garage guys I was with yesterday, (laughs) and we found out something. It's funny, but it's precious. Now, our guy friend Bill, he's he's such a character, and he's like, he gets fired up at, at the drop of a hat. And we found out he's in the choir at church. And he's got sort of a gruff, gravelly voice, and I'm like, it was fat. That was that was one of the great revelations of yesterday. 
And so, yeah, <laughs> uh, good to hear from you, Billy. And I, it, it, it is always a pleasure to be with that gang. Um, yeah. So, guys, great day yesterday, and and let's make sure we try to have a great day today. Somebody says, weren't the bank and auto bailouts paid with U.S. taxpayer dollars? And the answer to that is no. The bank bailouts are paid by a fund that the banks themselves pay into. And the auto bailouts was something called TARP. It was a $700 billion fund which was going to buy toxic assets off of banks and to buy out debt for our uh, auto companies and others. And all those loans were paid back. With interest. In fact, if the government had hung on to the things they bought with the TARP funds, they would have made even more money. So, no. The student loans thing is a naked, and I mean naked, vote grab by Joe Biden. It's disgusting, just as he is. By the way, so a bunch of you texted in. Barb says that she got it with the the cube. Barb from State College. So she had the sugar cube. I don't I didn't I didn't get that. Jersey Devil says LTS LTS back at you. The scar in the left arm is mostly associated with smallpox. But but uh, Jersey Devil, do you remember now again I'm 63 tomorrow. So we would, you know, dutifully get in these lines and some nurse would come. We didn't have a school nurse full-time, but a nurse would come, and I think even a doctor, and they would administer these things. And I think it was like four shots in one, four vaccinations in one, including smallpox, I think including tuberculosis, which I had to get over and over again in prison, to the point where I said, no, I don't want it. I've had enough, I, you know, and they try to give it to you once a year, and I'm going, no, I don't want it. And it was funny, the first time they said, well, we're going to put you in the hole. I said, go ahead. And I sort of wore them down. They didn't bother me after that. Somebody says, polio was a vaccination on the arm or the leg. This is Barb again. Can't remember what the sugar cube was for, but I was already in school. And the school administered it. That's that's how I got it. Uh, happy birthday, Bob, and congratulations on your son. Just remember, you're you're not sixty three. You're thirty six. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I'm sixty three. By the way, body shop guy, I asked you guys, and I knew you'd deliver. Body shop guy had the battle of New Orleans and and by Johnny Horton, and he says, sucks getting old. Sorry about that. But another one of you said that the uh, Alamo song by uh, Marty Robbins, and so Bulldog found it, and we're going to play it at some point. Well, we'll play it going into the news, maybe. Um. John in Berwick says, remember getting the polio uh, vaccine sugar cubes in elementary school in 1966. The scar was from the smallpox vaccine. But again, uh, John, weren't, didn't we get like four at once? Because, I mean, it's, it's still, you know, I have that circle, I believe, on my left shoulder. I haven't looked in a while. 
Yeah, it's one of those things you don't notice after, what, 60 years. Uh, but John continues, he said, uh, had to get it a second time in boot camp, smallpox. We called it the 23-gun salute because they jabbed a soaked needle in your arm 23 times. Whew. And someone asks, uh, maybe rubella and diphtheria too? You know, I don't know. You know, look at, you know this. We didn't question things, especially in a Catholic school. They told you. I mean, we were interested in making trouble for the nuns and all that kind of thing. But other than that, you know, they told you what was going to happen and that's what you did. So anyway, Bulldog is going to play. I didn't even ask him to play. He's so def- he's such a bulldog. So he's going to play the Alamo song. We'll take this into the news. I guess I'm done talking. Is that what you're saying, bulldog? All right, we'll play this for a little bit before we get to the news with Brian Hughes, and then we'll come back. It's the Bob Cordaro Show. WYLK News Radio. This is the Bob Cordaro Show podcast. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.